I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. You're listening to Andy's Girls. I'm Andy. These are my girls. I'm a girl. I'm a girl. I'm kind of a girl too. Episode 900 bajillion thousand four and three quarters. I am so excited to kiki with you. First off, this is the Certified Bravoholic Special. And let me tell you, that actual event happened a couple weeks ago. I have been putting off this episode because I was so excited to share it with you, number one. And also... So here's the deal, you guys. Let me give you some backstory. I got invited by um, His Holiness, the God of Gods, just Bravo. Just his name is Jim Bravo. Maybe you've heard of him. It's like the Murdochs, but he's like sassier and wears pink more frequently. Um, always with a sparkle ups. So Bravo reached out to me and said, hey, girl. And I was like, oh, my God. Hey, what's up? And they said, um, would you like to come to this event where you're going to kiki with fev, um, 
uh, fellow Bravoholics and meet a bunch of Bravo celebrities. And I was like, let me check my schedule. Oh my God, look, I'm totally available for the rest of the year. Um, and RSVP'd and I didn't tell a single fucking soul. I think maybe I told one. And by my way of saying I didn't tell a single soul was like maybe three people because I was convinced that somehow this wasn't going to happen. And so Bravo, turns out Bravo invited... 20 Bravoholics from literally all over the country to come to Bravo HQ. Like people flew, you guys, like people got on planes and I took a Uber pool um, to go to Bravo HQ at 30 Rock. And we had this crazy day and they said you can get exclusive content. I think most people everyone essentially had a thriving social media presence except for you yours truly even though mine is obviously thriving if you follow me on instagram at dame galley and on twitter at sarah galley um but essentially there's a lot of people who are like heavy hitters like the amazing folks behind comments by celebs and bravo betch and um bravo over brunch and bravo boy and a million other um two bravo sisters i think i'm fucking up some of these handles but i follow all of them and they're amazing and um uh kayla quinn and a bunch of people it was craziness um but essentially it was like the craziest day, but they said you can create content. And I was like, oh my God, but I can't bring all of my hashtag new audio with me because I don't want to be that bitch. So um, I recorded kind of on the fly. And I know your favorite thing, my beloved AGs, especially listener OGs of the AG who have been listening along since hashtag old audio, you know, just the first like year and a half of Andrew's Girls um, when I was just, you know, like getting my footing. No big deal. No big deal. Um, so the audio itself is like not terrific, but the content is. So bear with me and with yourselves. I know that all of you are going to DM me and comment on the Insta post um, that I put announcing this app when it goes up, um, how much of a skinny legend I am and how much you um, love this audio. And I know that's going to happen. I know there's going to be no complaints because I know that you guys are focused on what is actually spoken about during this episode, which is like fucking amazing. And P.S. Speaking of fucking amazing, shout out to Ryan Houlihan, who actually spent a lot of time. I like that I used the word actually in this because whether or not you can tell, trust me, the audio on this is so much fucking better because he went in and did like Grey's Anatomy style huge surgery and got a pole removed between two people or whatever. I haven't watched that show in a long time, but um, magical things happen. So shout out to Ryan Houlihan, my um, life partner. Don't tell your fiance, but it's you and me from now on. Um, Shout out to Ryan for that. So guys, so much like the Bravo event was crazy. Stars of Southern Charm, Below Deck, Million Dollar Listing New York, Real Housewives of New York, um, Real Housewives of Potomac, Pump Rules stars, Andy Cohen himself. That little intro that started just before the app was that not like fucking incredible? That is me next to Andy Cohen. If you want to see the actual video of me losing my shit at Watch What Happens Live, go to my Instagram and PS for the next couple of days. I'm going to be po- posting exclusive, insane photos of me with all of these amazing Bravo people. So check out my Insta um, because it's magical. And the crazy thing about that day was that it was not only Bravo stars, but like the brains behind Bravo, which, you know, include the stars, obviously. But, you know, executive producers from Real Housewives of Atlanta and Potomac, senior development at Bravo, um, 
Darren Karp, who is a Bravo host herself and also assistant to AC for the last 150 years. The, one of the executive producers of Watch What Happens Live, they had an insights roundtable where they like asked us for our thoughts on things and then like wrote it down. And I think that means I'm like a shareholder of the Bravo Network, which I have always assumed I was. But now I guess it's like official. That's not real, but I think it's real. So I just said it out loud. It makes it true. Um, so anyway, I'm going to dive into those interviews with you in just a sec. But I feel like since the last time I recorded Andy Scrolls, which was literally a week ago, so much has happened. First off, the Fofty Cent thing. I think we've kind of put that to bed. That was like a crazy 72 hours. But I would just like to say as an event producer consultant that Fofty Cent has really inspired the freelancers in us all to try to get an invoice processed I mean, I wish I had as much as much chutzpah as Fafti sent because publicly shaming Rand and going through it, the conduit to that being Lala, which I was like kind of iffy about, but the entertainment factor was incredible. I mean, allegedly he made, which he leaked, so who knows? I'm sure it was like not even close to this number, but allegedly he made $300,000 in his like Fofty t-shirts that he was selling within 24 hours, which my question to that is, does that count as a merchandise credit for the million dollars that he says that Rand owes? Like the fact that Rand was texting him and saying like, please, I know you're saying, and guys, if you don't know this story, which I feel like all of you do, Randall Emmett, Lala's fiance, allegedly owed his business partner 50 cent a million dollars and hadn't paid the loan and so 50 took it upon himself to post a video making fun of Lala Rayon's fiance and then just sort of like doubled down in consecutive social media posts and said like she's a hoe and he owes me money and I want it back give it back to me by Monday essentially or else and also like maybe I'm gonna fuck you up and then Rand was texting him while this was happening when it went super viral like legit super viral and Rand was texting him and being like I'm having a heart attack right now like please try not to kill me I love you I was your best man I I wanted you to be like my best man or groomsman or whatever blah 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 and 50 slash 50 was just posting all these private communications. So it was amazing. And then Rand, I guess, paid him the full amount due by slash on Monday, which was the deadline that 50 told the world was when shit was going to go down if he wasn't like paid back. And so he was, and then he took down all the posts. So shout out to everyone who took screenshots, myself included, for the historic record of it all because they're kind of no longer. But it's amazing to me that if Rand did in fact pay back 50, the million dollars, and who knows if there was interest, I feel like there wasn't. But if he did in fact pay back 50, that full amount, and then 50 decided to monetize this viral moment by not only in every hashtag referencing his like cognac line or liquor line or whatever, but also by selling t-shirts and those t-shirts allegedly alleged, that's a strong allegedly brought in $300,000. Then he has made himself not only the money back that was due, but a nice little bonus. I mean, does this mean he's not going to the wedding? I have several follow-up questions for Fofty, including what is his favorite Bravo show? Um, would he ever appear on Below Deck Med? 
um, what would his house life tagline be? Because I'm guessing he has several options readily available. But anyway, that was a big moment. Uh, another big moment, Leanne finally got married and Deandra wasn't there. Obviously, the camera's there for both the ceremony and the reception. Um, Leanne and Rich, mazel. You know, big day. They've been together, I want to say, for 10 years, but something insane like that. Oh, love. Um, and they just got married and they're, you know, there's video and shit all over the place. Super sad that allegedly Deandra wasn't there. Brandy wasn't there, which makes complete sense considering, like, their fraught relationship. But it's really sad when you think about the fact that Deandra wasn't there because they had a, there was a real friendship here. I mean, Leanne was genuinely Deandra's maid of honor a hundred years ago because that was used as a like a com- combative tool in during the first or second reunion seat. I think the first reason reunion. And it's just sad that they couldn't figure it out so that Deandra could just be there to support her friend. I mean, who knows what's going to happen on this upcoming season that's being shot now. I wonder if Leanne's wedding was the season finale. I'm guessing it was. Um, It just kind of is sad to me. It's sad that they couldn't figure it out just for their friendship off camera, but maybe that really genuinely no no longer exists. Maybe they both sacrificed this relationship to be on TV and then and now all that's left is like the TV I don't know I I was kind of sad about it when I heard but she looked gorgeous also shout out to Vicky Gumbelson who has refilled her love tank so that she could probably be back full-time this upcoming season on OC because something that was um little bit of a gossip situation, little gossip item that I talked about, I think in February, that Vicky allegedly signed on to do RHOC, was like desperate to be back and allegedly said like, I will get engaged and probably married this season if you have me back. And guess what, you guys, they're filming and Steve proposed. What a big surprise. Um, So... I don't know. Is Don going to go? I have random weird questions. I don't really care. Kudos to her. He seems like a nice guy. She seems tired. I wish them all the best. Is this her fourth marriage? No, no judgment, by the way. But one, she had the one in Chicago. She had Don. She was sort of like common law married to Brooks. I feel like there was another one. Anyway, three or four or seven or 12 times the charm. Kudos to Vicky. Um, Guys. So much has happened. I feel like, speaking of OC, Shannon and David (sighs) allegedly settled their divorce and she's only getting like a lump sum of 1.4 million or something and like 10K a month, which is combining like her alimony or whatever with child support. So is David poor? Because that feels like poverty to me. And I wonder, my immediate reaction when I saw that on, you know, the the front page of the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal, aka the DailyMail.com, was I wonder if they have some sort of secret settlement because 1.4 million is a lump sum. Doesn't make any sense unless they had sold that $13 million house well before this. So that had already been distributed, but if you own a $13 million house that you essentially built from the ground up so it was green, plus you're going to see Dr. Moon every 45 minutes, which I mean, I would as well. Why not? Um, let me like read my aura to get me out of this like cold and flu season. Um, 
But if you had enough money for a $13 million house, then why is essentially your shared estate or whatever, blah, 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 legal terms, $1.4 million? Like that doesn't make sense, which makes me think, was there like a trust or something? It, I just am, I have several financial related questions that will probably remain unanswered. So if um, David Bedore's accountant can text me or slide into my DMs, I just have some questions. Um, I do not have any questions for Portia Stewart Williams, almost McKinley, whose premiere spinoff was this past week. Episode two is this is tonight. I'm recording this on Sunday. And I think it's only a three part series. I have to tell you, if you haven't watched it, it is beyond magical, like beyond magical. It's one of the best spinoff premieres of all time. Absolutely. I can say that very quickly, readily, without hesitation. And also, she must be getting a wedding spinoff, right? Like she said on Watch What Happens that she wants one. I watched her interview on The Breakfast Club, which was tremendous. And she referenced that, you know, these spinoffs can't be tons of like episodes. Otherwise, it conflicts with what they're showing on RHOA, which makes a lot of sense. But also like she's getting married, she said on New Year's Eve of this year, several months to go. I'm going to need a wedding spinoff. I promise you, RHOA production, you will get enough content from her. Portia has had a fantastic, fantastic seasons and overall has had so much personal growth from when she first started and kind of sprang to the scene. I don't think that's the right use of that verb terminology situation. Um, but since she, you know, um, you know, started on RHOA, I just think not only as like a person and as a woman, but she's really seemingly become so confident in herself and independent. And I mean, I just have to say that prayer part three of the reunion was magical. It's one of, I was like verklempt, like it was unbelievable. So if you're not watching Portia's spinoff, you should. And frankly, if Portia and Candy were able to make amends and move forward, then y'all can too. And by y'all, I mean me, because that's kind of what I did. Um, So guys, before we get started with all these ridiculously phenomenal Bravo-holic, certified Bravo-holic. I, can I put that on my business card? Um, and P.S. I feel like I maybe created the word Bravo-holic. I've been using it for years and now other people are too. And I am so flattered. So kudos to me. Um, but s- before I get to that, I just want to quickly recap New York and Beverly Hills this, this past week. So first off, Speaking of recapping this week's uh, New York, I just have to say that there is a video that's a sneak peek of this coming week's episode, which is Sonia, Ramona, Dorinda. Is there somebody else there? Tinsley said she was in the background. I think it's just Sonia, Ramona, and Dorinda at a benefit that I guess Ramona hosted at some random brasserie in Midtown West for this young woman who's like a sexual assault survivor. And a clip went quasi-viral within RH Twitter of these women behaving in such a monstrous way that was A, almost unwatchable for me, and B, possibly not entertaining. They um, 
Andy showed a clip of that clip on Watch What Happens on the ep with Tins and June Diane Raphael. And June Diane was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And I think she did say it was like unwatchable. And that was just a clip of a clip. The actual clip itself, which I think is like maybe two or three minutes long, is really tough stuff to watch. And I know that in a recent episode, I think with Lewis Peitzman, I talked about watching the Kavanaugh Michigas go down in Beverly Hills and how I actually thought it was like kind of funny and whatever. And I wasn't triggered by it. And not that I was triggered by this, but I just felt almost despair levels of secondhand embarrassment. And, you know, we'll get into it on the next AG when we actually watch the full context of the event. And I'm noting that this is just the most horrifying moment of that event. So who knows what preceded or followed it. But I mean, this woman is owed an apology. It was genuinely appalling behavior that is just, you guys have to watch it if you haven't already. And slide into my DMs. Um, let me know your thoughts. It's just so deeply awkward and uncomfortable. And I don't know, you guys. I know that, you know, I die for New York. It's my favorite franchise of all of them. It's phenomenal. But this one moment, oof, I don't know. I don't think it's entertaining. I think it's rough, tough stuff. They seem like monsters. And usually they're like Monsters, Inc., where it's like a fun cartoon version. But this is like that scary Fred Savage movie from our childhood. Shout out Millennials Plus. And I know that that was supposed to be like a comedy, but it was actually terrifying. Um, Or that um, uh, movie Witches, which made me afraid of eating food. And I from that my mother would present because I thought Basil was poisoned for several years and checked her shoes to see if she had feet. You guys know what I'm talking about. You you guys know that movie. Um, I just felt like this was like... Like that documentary, I've had all of these wonderful comparisons, like that documentary about that bear guy or whatever that like bears and then they have audio of him like dying as the bears ate him. I just felt a little bit like that, like cool, this is like award winning or whatever, but also this is grotesque behavior, like truly grotesque behavior. And Sonia sort of kicks it off by mocking Ramona. And I think that moment was to stir shit up. But what followed wasn't it just felt like these women are genuinely out of their minds. And the victim in all of this in this context, was this brave survivor who just wanted to tell her story of like sexual abuse. It's rough, you guys. I don't know. I guess we'll hashtag watch what happens. Hashtag live, I guess. Wednesday at whatever, nine o'clock Eastern. Um, I just think it was a rough moment. But anyway, that's a look to the future. Looking at what happened this past week, you know, Bethany is continuing, I would say, one of her best seasons of all time. I'm firmly team back uh, back in team Bethany. She is. We are back in our best friendship, which is no longer imaginary. It is real. I am going to find, I'm going to, you know, draw out a heart, cut it in half, mail her one, and I'll pin the other to my lapel because I feel like we have become one once again and our best friends forever. Um, and I don't know, she's ginger spice and I'm like, baby, no, that's not fair. Um, I just, I love her. Like you go girl. I thought the scenes, the scenes of her selling her company and being like, do we have a lot of buyers? And then being like, you do I'm like, 
Okay. Like I, I get it. I think that that's real, but it was also sort of staged in a way that I did not, I, I was totally fine with. But it was interesting to me when they started the episode with her battles with Jason, which have been going on for so many, I think she said that, well, I guess they filed for divorce seven years ago, or it's been going on for several years, whatever it is. And it's fascinating to me that Jason essentially attempted to manipulate footage of Bethany being drunk and wonderful and hilarious and insane on New York as an indicator that she might have a drug or alcohol problem and asking the court to get her tested, which obviously the judge said was Looney Tunes. But it's fascinating to me as a Bethany stan who's seen every single episode of her spinoffs, Bethany Getting Married and Bethany Ever After, own all of them, obsessed with her. It's interesting to me that if you guys remember watching the episodes where she was negotiating her contract with Jim Beam, Jason was very involved with those negotiations. And my guess is Jason, Jason knows all about that clause that her contract could be at risk and she could potentially be fired if she abuses alcohol. And my guess is what Jason is trying to do is not just attempt to get joint custody of Bryn when Bethany filed for primary, but he's also trying to get her empire taken away from her, which is dark. Like that was rough. Also, I'm very confused if she's selling her company... So I guess Beam bought Skinny Girl Cocktails. So maybe the rest of her company is what she's selling or she's selling her share in cocktails plus everything else. I don't know. Math is hard, but um, me loving Bethany is not. So kudos to her. Um, Jill looks amazing. She almost killed Bossy. What more does she need to do to be back? Um, <laughs> Luann saying she can't drink and Bill, Jill being like, oh, yeah, really? Like, is that what? Is that true? Like you can't just have a cocktail? And then Lou responding that some people wouldn't call her an alcoholic is not great. And that ties into the bigger picture, which is that it came out this week that Lou might be in a little bit of trouble with the state of Florida and also New York. She failed an alcohol, like a mandated by probation, alcohol testing at some point this past month. Um, And I guess she said that she had two mimosas after a show. They told her she needed to go back to any kind of treatment program, outpatient or inpatient. She declined due to her touring schedule per page six. They asked her to be fitted for an alcohol bracelet. She said it was too intrusive and says she takes her sobriety very seriously and remains committed. I mean, I don't know what effect this is going to have on her legally, but I guess she was already in trouble because she hasn't been going to the AA meetings that she's supposed to be going to. And I would just think if she fell off the wagon, which P.S., a sober journey is not a straight line. Like every day, as she says, you are just trying to get through that day. So if she fell off the wagon or relapsed or whatever you want to call it, that is in fact, I say this as someone who's very uneducated about this and I haven't personally struggled with drugs or alcohol, but I certainly understand the concept of getting through the day and I empathize with her. But I I think that if you fell off the wagon 
at a cabaret show, isn't that an indicator that this cabaret show is truly not good for your health? Like you're surrounded by people who are being paid to sort of be sycophants to you. You're being surrounded by fans who, shout out to all the fans, myself included, love the show. I went to the the first ever performance of 54 Below. It was magical. It was craziness. Damien and I like lost our damn minds. It's great, but it's a lot of people drinking. Like, I don't, I wonder to myself, is it possible for her to start going to dry venues, but, or to theaters instead of cabaret spaces? But I, I don't know how any of that works legally and professionally and per her contract. But I just think if you are struggling with alcohol addiction, I mean, who knows what can trigger you? And I think Luann has herself said this. It it might not necessarily be people drinking. It might just be talking about family or walking through a park or whatever. Like there's no, anything can be a trigger, which is why you have to be so careful. But I just wonder if she relapsed by drinking mimosas at a show. Isn't that a sign to like maybe take a break from the show? I don't know. It's ultimately it's Luann's choice, but I feel sad about where things are. And I just kind of wonder how this is going to work out legally because she had been charged with like felonies, you guys, like her agreement or whatever was predicated on those AA treatments and passing those alcohol tests. And she has not aced it so far. So I hope that whoever is in her inner circle is really advising her. I mean, I don't know how accountable they have to be when it's ultimately her responsibility. But I do think it is an uncomfortable situation. Um, Speaking of uncomfortable situations, what the fuck? I am never going to the hustle. Um, I don't know what there is to say about that strange commercial as plot moment, except to say Bravo has, I think, done successful integrative marketing in the past with those like crazy commercials where all the different housewives gather and they have fake tea and it looks like you're in paradise and it's magical Disney version. Or, you know, when they used to do those amazing Bravo summer commercials that were great. That's not really integrated marketing. That's just more marketing for Bravo. But it was great. Or the coupon cabin commercials. Scott, rest in peace. You are dead to all of us. But those commercials were lovely. I think this is a step too far. I think that they maybe thought we're dumb, but we're not idiots. And having Dorinda talk about how Anne Hathaway is like Tinsley without a sparkle or twinkle in her eye, just trying to force this into happening. It's not good, you guys. I was very uncomfortable by it. I think have a commercial where Tinsley is talking about the movie or whatever, but don't put it as plot because we're too smart for that. And also that movie looks fucking awful. And Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is one of my favorite movies of all time. In college, I bought two copies of it on DVD in case something happened to one of them. And I've seen it many, many times. And this movie looks horrible. And so did that scene and moment. Um, I just hope that they've learned from the enormous backlash online that I think fans have been really upset about and saying this is not okay. And I hope that it doesn't happen in the future. Bravo. You follow me on Instagram. I hope you don't get angry at this, but also I don't know what to say. Um, Beverly Hills best part of the moment was Rena doing hip hop. God bless Camille for wanting to be full time so desperately that she talked shit about everyone in that lunch with Denise in order to give production options which I don't know. <laughs> it was 
so good. That edit. Oh my God. They hate her so much. I'm so into it. And, you know, I don't know. Guys, I'm team Dorit in this context. Lisa should have called her directly. Dorit's garbage. What do you want me to say? I don't know. It's like anytime you say I don't believe Lisa, it's like, well, Dorit was a piece of shit for doing that thing to that dog. Of course she was. But my team LVP versus team Dorit is literally focused only on did Lisa leak that shit to Radar Online and then double down because she is a fucking press genius and say to TMZ, but not Dorit directly, that of course Dorit is a good person, would never blah, blah, blah. Because it's strategically excellent. Yes, I 100% believe that that happened. PK sort of bearing his wife's opinions to get back in LVP's good favor is just a sign of how much power LVP has. So um, kudos to her. I don't know, you guys. It was awkward. It was not great. I still am firmly team everybody else, but in an uncomfortable way because... Thanks to this bullshit alliance that all these women have, we don't get to talk about Dorit and PK being grifters, which there's a video that we all saw that Andy talked to her about and watch what happens. And she's like, I can't discuss this legally, but I will. Which she never will. Um, We know that shit is going down and there's shady business shit, but all these women decided not to talk about it. Similar to what happened in New York when they're like, uh, Dorinda doesn't have a drinking problem. We're just talking about how much we hate Bethany. Like, these women decided not to bring this shit up because they wanted to bury LVP, but like, let's pretend LVP is buried or buried herself or whatever. What else are we left to do? Like I was kind of into the Kyle Dorit fight, but not really because I feel like we could go dirtier and like tawdrier, but also more entertaining. And that's not happening because they want the focus to be on LVP being the devil. And it's like, cool, cool, cool. But she's not really willing to participate except for that lunch. So what are we left to do? Like you've already proved your point. Move on. LVP is just proving her power by removing herself. She's she or someone else is needed, which is why. Camille is rising from the ashes of LVP is a full-time diamond. And that's great. Oh, rising from the ashes with her house burning down. Oh, that works in several levels. I just think, guys, start to turn on each other. Please do. Because otherwise, what started off as a phenomenal premiere episode for BH this season is like dissolving very, very quickly. So it makes me nervous. Um, Denise Richards is amazing. I will love her forever. Anyway, you guys, let us shift gears to all things Certified Bravoholics. So it was a crazy day. We showed up at Bravo HQ. They had this beautiful um, floor decorated with all of this amazing stuff, including P.S. Your husband's in the pool. And I have an exciting little interview for you at the end of this episode. Um, but anyways, a crazy day started with um, welcoming remarks from SVPs, senior VPs, from Bravo HQ, um, high-level people. We got programming sneak peeks from upcoming franchises and seasons, which was insane. We couldn't record any of it. Totally understandable. We were all just screaming and dying. It was incredible. We then had a 30 Rock tour, a guided tour to see some of the most iconic studios, including literally sitting in the seats at SNL, which was incredible. And, um, 
I was going to say call it Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel Live, but that's a different network. Uh, Jimmy, uh, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Like, it was insane. Um, bravo. Just shout out to you. It was, like, the, honestly, one of the best days of my entire life. It was, they treated us so well. We got a, um, a bag of swag, which I actually have not yet opened, which I will do on my social media after this. Ep goes up. So follow me for that. And also, I'm going to be posting photos of all of these amazing Bravo celebrities with myself, your favorite SG. Um, so look on my social media for that. But anyway, you guys, very first moment. And remember, this audio isn't terrific, but my love for you is. So make your way through. You're going to survive it. You're going to come out on top. Um, so the very first um, ultra sneak peek that we saw was the first I want to say like seven or eight minutes of Southern Charm, which the stars of Southern Charm had not yet seen. And I know that because they told us immediately after. So we had a crazy first look at Southern Charm and a Q&A with um, the executive producer and co-creator of Southern Charm, who was really interesting and was like, you know, Catherine wasn't supposed to be in the cast. We thought she was too young. And then she got fucking pregnant. And we were all like, what the fuck? Um, so he was really interesting and a nice Q&A with him. And then we did these content creation labs where they, you know, remember, there's like 20 of us. So they split us up in three groups. So it's like less than 10 people in a group. And we got to go into these like little rooms on this whole floor that was all about us. And we got to do three things. We got to do um, a quote unquote charm school with some stars of Southern charm. We got to have legit tea with housewives to sip and spill tea with some New York housewives and a Potomac housewife word on the street. I am obsessed with her. And then got to talk about kind of like business meets TV with um, some folks from Million Dollar Listing and Below Deck. So I have a ton of info for you. And I think let's get a ton of info, a ton of content, a ton of sass. Let's get started with everyone's favorite, Southern Charm. And who did I interview? This is a little intro piece. He's got money. He's in magazines. He's got more honey than any honeybee. Ba-ba-doo. It's easy as the birds in the beach and the one, two, threes. That's right, you guys. Um, just a casual sing-along theme song with um, none other than Cameron and Austin from Southern Charm. So I had a bunch of info um, and questions for them, just like, you know, telling them about my experiences watching their show. It's super casual. Asked them about Ashley and here and, and Catherine and the evolution of Catherine. And here is what they had to say. Um, watching last season, I actually rewatched last season's reunion last night. And it was fascinating to watch the evolution of Catherine. And I was curious for your, how your initial impression and your interactions with her changed, especially after watching sort of what she endured and how she responded to all things Ashley. And I wanted to know if this kind of like new beginning, as Ramona would say, if that changed, <laughs> if that changed at all after, you know, this most recent season got shot. Yeah, well, I don't think a lot of us were aware, really, of what, to the extent of what Catherine has gone through behind closed doors. And, you know, for me especially, becoming a mother myself really 
made me look at Catherine in a different light. It made me empathize with her a lot more. And I know how hard and difficult it was for me just becoming a new mom. And to know that she had to do that with not a lot of support mm -hmm. um, in the middle of this tumultuous relationship as a single mom, it really put things in perspective for me and made me see Catherine in, in a new light. She's definitely changed the most out of everyone. And can I ask, what was your immediate gut reaction response when you heard Ashley was going to be back? I felt nauseated. Well, we didn't. But we, we all knew, right? We, we, we were like, well, she's, so we're going to this party. And who do you think is going to show up and find some way right. to get there? And so we all were like, we're going to be having a drink, enjoying ourselves. And who do you think is going to waltz through? So when it happened, it was kind of like, well, there. Well, it was kind of like a joke, is. like you know, oh, we it could just see, we could see this happening, and then sure enough, it does. Do you feel angry at production for something like that, or are you kind of expected? <laughs> <laughs> Where, where's my PR help? Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, I think. I think Ashley really genuinely wants to be a part of this. Um, I am not sure. I mean, I was saying earlier, like with every, after everything that happened last year, I was convinced she would just pack her bags and go back to California, mm -hmm. which is where she's from. But I think she was so embarrassed as to how she came across. And again, she got so much hate on social media. I think she wanted to use this year as kind of her comeback. And she wanted to kind of make her apology tour, and she tried, but I don't think it was very genuine, and that y'all will see that come across in, in the show. Okay, up next, I had a little kiki with Captain Lee and Steve Gold from Million Dollar Listing New York. Steve was lovely, um, you know, was great, extremely attractive, um... Cameron herself is obsessed with him. So after she like introduced herself to him and he told her she was the best um, real estate agent in South Carolina and we all swooned. Um, and I asked Captain Lee a question about Ashton and Caroline differences in stress between, you know, somebody dying almost and um, someone losing their mind on Twitter. And here is what he had to say. Can I ask a question about this past season of Below Deck, which I thought was possibly the most dramatic and shocking, not only because of episodes that we saw, like Ashton's accident, which they did as a cliffhanger and was sort of stressful for the viewer to be like, and next week, watch him hopefully be safe from drowning. <laughs> um, so watching that play out on camera and then off camera, seeing how Caroline was interacting with people and communicating, what do you think was able to go through rewatching what you were there for, Ashton's accident, or kind of see the Caroline act out? Ashton was the most dramatic thing, the most traumatic thing that I've ever gone through in my life. Caroline bullshit. No close. That was just hyperbole. Mm -hmm. Meant nothing. Ashton, we're talking about somebody who kind of said compared to somebody, how somebody you know, was their feelings. I don't care. I give you a rat's ass. Like, if, if your feelings get hurt, but I save your life, go ahead and get your feelings hurt. I'm going to shit. They're talking about somebody's life. Those, those two things don't care. 
do you have a say in who from the crew gets invited back to the next season of filming? You know, it's those areas where there are there are people that I personally wouldn't work with again. But nobody's ever approached me and said, you know, so if somebody comes back, no. It's that's never been an issue. But usually if there's somebody on board that there are a lot of people that have been on board that I would like to have seen come back, but then sometimes their choice, I don't know. Nor do I care. But I would, you know, there's a lot of people that I would love to work with again, and who knows down the road what might happen. Up next, tea with the housewives. You guys, just a casual afternoon tea with Giselle Bryant. Streets are talking. They say I'm obsessed with her. From Potomac, Sonia Tremont Morgan of the Tremonts and the Morgans, both wonderful families, and Dorinda Medley. Shout out to Dorinda Medley's facialist makeup team and I guess whoever is helping her with yoga or whatever. Dorinda looked fucking amazing. We all know that Giselle is one of the most beautiful housewives of all time. Like Giselle and I would say 52 Cent are genuinely stunning, gorgeous beings. And Sonia is also, of course, um, lovely and pretty and fabulous and wonderful. Dorinda was like glowing. Like I was in shock. She looked so fucking good. And, you know, she's a pretty woman, but like in person, sweet Christ, I was amazed, transfixed, bedazzled, all that and more. Um, So we had just a casual tea. I asked uh, Dorinda for her thoughts on all things Lou, um, especially with this season. And here is what she had to say. Okay, I have a question um, for Dorinda. After watching this week's most recent episode, I was incredibly impressed with what felt like an extremely honest and personal and vulnerable um, conversation that you had with Lou. How hard has it been to watch some of her behavior as well as Barbara Kay's in the last episode or two? It's not only been hard, I think it's been bewildering because I never really, to tell you the truth, from the beginning of the season, understood where it came from. We had sort of gone through a thing last year, and I was under the impression that we had moved through it. In fact, you, you and I were you know, we're going to come up to the Berkshires, and you guys were going to go to Kuala, Happy Mother's Day. So I don't know, she went to, back to rehab, and she came out, and I almost became like her target. And my mother kind of, at the time when I was very upset, uh, I, my mother said something that I told Sonia, you know, sometimes rejection is protection. And sometimes you do need to go through something like that with the person you feel closest to. I was shocked. I thought it was over, but for me, I let things go. And so then I was surprised after everything that, you know, we were so close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were so, like, I, I interdependent in some way, but, you know, we were, I was a bride's man. And uh, to just not, not even want to really be in the same room with me was bewildering. And then for Barbara to act as sort of this interloper that really, you know, as I said, the little before, cop blocked everything I tried to do. It was totally heartbreaking and confusing. So that, what you saw me about in the beginning, was really true. 
I think the reason I was so patient in the Berkshires with all the kind of their, you know, horrible behavior. Welcome to my friend group, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> it came in like a wall. Yeah, it's because, you know, I knew that either of them, if not both of them, would use anything I said or did, not getting yoga, not getting a massage, not catering, not kissing the ring, to use as a reason not to, uh, you know, confront what was really going on, which is, do you want to be friends with them? Yeah. And, I, and my apology, although, you know, who says, well, she's going to be friends I didn't look at it that way. I looked at it as like, a, you know, do you want to be friends or not? I still love you, you know, we, we can't undo what we said. I thought there was mutual responsibility, and if that's not what was important, I just really wanted to make it clear that, you know, if she wanted to, because that couldn't go on anymore. Well, that I was my I final would, I, I said I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have put up with it, and I loved you dearly, as you all know. We were friends way before the show as well. And she basically wanted Dorinda to jump hoops for her. And I felt that was cruel at that point. And yeah. I said it in my blog, and you know, we talk all the time, you and I. She knows how I feel. And I can be honest with her, but it hurts me. I know I was so upset. They didn't shop, but I was crying when you weren't able to come to the clam bake. So I didn't want you to be left out. Yeah. I wanted to go through the long. Giselle, I was just going to say the trailer for the new season looks insane. <laughs> Tell us what we can expect in the season. Um, oh, well. The rest of the season is just as insane as the trailer. Um, <laughs> it's, it's actually a really, I think, great, great, great season. Of course, I don't know how it's all going to end up, but... We really, I said earlier, we gelled as a group. Um, we really worked on our friendships, and in order to work on friendships, that means you have to kill each other. <laughs> so, right. you know, we, we get there in the end. Yeah. And you'll see a lot of, we, we have a wedding. Um, we have pregnancy. We have some um, different alliances with friendships. Um, Robin and I are still thick as thieves. And... You see a lot about me and my family. We go to New Orleans, which is a big um, eye-opener for the whole group. We see a lot of ancestry with my, just um, all of my cousins and my aunts and uncles. They're all there. Because, you know, all the girls are always like, Giselle, we don't know anything about you. We don't know anything about you. We don't know you. We never talk about yourself. I think I talk about myself all the time. <laughs> Hello, the word on the street. Yes. But, you know, they, the girls got to meet, like, my entire extended family. Okay, up next, Giselle talks about all things Katie Rost. Rost, roast, potato, potato, let's call the whole thing off, mostly because she's mentally ill. Um, Giselle talks about all things Katie. Sonia has thoughts on Karen. They talk, the three of them talk about um, Andy's baby shower. And shout outs to my fellow Bravoholics for so many great questions. Here is what these ladies had to say. And yes, they do. Spill some tea. We were um, happy to see what was going on with Katie and just um, check in with her and her life. Katie's always a crazy story. We call her Crazy Katie for a reason. Um, you just never know what you're going to get with her. I enjoyed her. Not everyone did, but I, I enjoyed her for the time that she was there. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot that went that happened with Katie, so you just have. I don't want to give away. Sounds like a lot in store this season. <laughs> a, a lot. I'm happy with Katie. Yeah, but Katie is is fun, 
and she's different and you know she has these moments of like brilliance and she has these moments of just total um she's no sense to her at all so all of that is a great combination but not everybody can handle it that's crazy tv yeah and what's the story with karen because when i met her on wash on's live and other things we've done yeah she seems like so like down to earth and real and then the next minute i turn around she's gone i'm like where'd she go like, was there a bar here? Like, here's my husband, and then I'm gone. I'm like, oh. um, Karen, Karen's piece of work. Karen's piece of work. But I've known I've known Karen for a very long time before the show. And Karen, I yes, Karen there, there is differences. You do too, right? Yeah, yeah me I too. She's very down to earth. And That's then what the, I thought. And the cameras go on. Started that and party, that big um, party that we all did that night at Us Magazine. Remember, she was out with us. She was right. Yeah. yeah. And no, she, she was, was on uh, Andy's show when I was on one of these big rollers. You were there, Giselle. You were there. That was that. a different show. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> I was a bartender with her. Yes. And then, we did the Christmas. And then we were all at Andy's baby, baby shower. shower. Yes. And we hung out with her. The baby shower but was But somehow, crazy. like on the show, it's just like she comes off. Yes. Yeah. Totally different than she is. So, and that has been our issue with Karen's from the Luann was like that for a while, not being herself on the show. Yeah, right. What yeah. was the craziest yeah. thing that we didn't see at Andy's baby shower? Oh, wow. Oh, we were so much fun, all of us. Us mothers so bonded crazy. over this experience. Um, it, was just, so, just, it wasn't what you saw, it was just what you felt. I mean, yeah. I couldn't, the energy in that room was yes. another level. I mean, it was really like yeah. you felt like we were, like, we're going to have an eclipse of the moon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I love about it is that. I really did. They really did. I got, yeah, I got very together on this. Yes. Well. Yeah. Because these, these ladies are like the old heads, right? And we're like the newbies. But nobody had any pretense. None. Nobody was like, I'm better than you because I've been around for 10 years. None like, of that shit. None of that. No competitors. We're all moms. We're, we're like all one big family. family. We're all yeah. women. And so was Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. he was going to be and a was, mother and a father. And, yes. he was, and he was so happy. So happy. And, and it was like, you didn't, I didn't really understand the magnitude of how I was going to feel seeing all these women together in one room. I was like, I'm part of this. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. pretty epic. I felt yeah. good about it. Yeah, yeah, I felt good about Proud myself. to be a part of it, yeah. and that, you know, good things come yeah. from I it. feel it in that yeah. picture we took, don't you think? Yeah. That, that's yeah. amazing. I don't know why my eyes were closed. I wasn't even <laughs> drinking. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> where are the guy who's on the So you weren't drinking? No! I had Josh Flagg sing that day. He was being honored oh, by this big Jewish Because we were all like drinking. <laughs> oh, no, I was slapping Cynthia's butt with Andy. So, um, but I looked so drunk. I was like, in, in that room, we all, oh, yeah. We're all, because we're all housewives, we all get it. We all get it, like what we do and just where we are. And so that I felt was like another part of it. Like, mm -hmm. we were all part of something very, very, very special. And we all appreciated it. Was there any, oh, sorry. Oh, and Andy gave a beautiful speech to us saying that we were, he respected us all as mothers. Well. Mm -hmm. yeah. Every single yeah. one of us. And I told him, I was like, now you understand why we're batshit crazy. <laughs> 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 yeah. Piggybacking off of that, who have you met from the other shows, the other Housewives shows that you've really jived with and who you thought... I'd really like to be on their their season for a little bit. I'd like to try their show. We get along very well with Melissa. I met her years ago yes. in Chicago and her, her husband. Joe. I Joe. Mean, I, I, know, I, I get along with a lot. Of, I like the crossovers. I mean, yeah. Lee Black and I have been friends before the show. Um, Teresa. Yeah. Um, I love Abby Erica. Abby yeah. yeah. Rosie. Erica, mm -hmm. I love yeah. her. And, and like, we hung out afterwards. Yeah. She's so much Lisa fun. Lisa and Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
there. Which I mean, Lisa. you'd be surprised. We We're all friends. Oh, yeah, which Lisa? <laughs> They're all a lot of the friends. Lisa Vanderpump and Kyle. Okay. I knew Lisa, Lisa back right in the... What about Rena? Uh, Rena, yeah, I know her a long time ago. <laughs> 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 Rena's not really... Lisa Rena's not really... For me, Rena. I don't even Rena, know Lisa Rena. Lisa Rena, I don't really get that. Like... I understand Kyle being involved with Lisa because they were friends, but I didn't understand how Lisa Renna gets all involved in it. Oh, I haven't okay. been reading. Yeah. I read something. Bethany said yeah. something. Do you guys yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Bethany said something that straightened it all out and made Teddy look like a fool or something. <laughs> She was like, if you're going to make sure she's dead, What'd she was do? she was like saying, like, essentially, if you're going to try to take down LVP, you yeah. better make sure you take her down all the way and that there's not like an errant hand raising itself oh, yeah. from like yeah. the remains. Um, she said that on Watch Out this is game of mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. I mean, With I, a puppy. I, I, I was very surprised that Teddy and them all gained up on I found it incredibly uncomfortable. I would have never have done that. I would have. Because Kyle and Lisa yeah. have been so close. Right. Don't go there. And they should have just dealt with She should have said, I love her. I'm staying out of We didn't fight. do that when Carol and Bethany had their fight. We no. were all crying. Yeah. And when I had my fight with my, my Miss I don't know with that's Bethany, terrible. you guys were all like, apologize, apologize. I really <laughs> think it's <laughs> <a> terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like when I watched it, I felt like there was a lot of backstory. Mm-hmm. I felt like there's more and to the story. It was a gang. Yeah, there's that, a gang. The, 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 the one that yeah. really should have not gotten anything. You're giving a mask story. story. I don't yeah. trust it's not the real story. So I don't believe what Dory did with that dog was disgusting. What happened with the dog? Oh. Okay, it's not my day. Oh, I love them so much. It was amazing. Um, after that, we headed back for a production and development panel with. Oh my God, everybody. The senior VP of development from Bravo, the executive producer of Atlanta, Potomac, and 900 other shows, um, the executive producer of Watch What Happens. And it was moderated by Darren Karp, who is herself a Bravo host and assistant to AC for a long time. Um, So obviously I had to ask about Kenya. Like I was dying. I was like, okay, this is your moment to talk to the executive producer of Atlanta about all things Kenya, Keonce, um, you know, gone with the wind, fabulous. Um, so I twirled on and life twirled on and so did my question. Um, so I asked about obviously the finale. This was the event happened before, was it before the reunion started for Atlanta? Maybe the first episode of the reunion started. I forget, but the finale definitely had, um, had aired. And so I asked about Kenya coming back and Nini's frustration about her cameo. And if that was really a real moment, blah, blah, blah. And this was the magical moment. You can hear Darren um, responding <laughs> to the framing of my question. So enjoy this moment. This was probably, this was like, if the whole day was full of highlights, but this was like a personal just for, for me, because you know, you guys, I'm obsessed with all things production. So this was talking to the executive producer of Atlanta about Kenya's return and just like having my little, when I say Diane Sawyer moment, um, sure, why not? I like just having that little moment. Um, of really getting into the mix of plot and production, which is the sweet space in which um, AG lives. This was like a genuine like lifetime achievement award just for myself to my soul. Like I was like, okay, this is like, this is it. This is like, this is the moment. This is the moment. Um, so anyway, enjoy this moment, which I'm just going to keep calling the moment. If you reference it on social media, call it the moment and I'll know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, this is it, guys. Enjoy. I have a Atlanta specific question for you, which is um, 
I thought the finale of Atlanta, I actually screamed and then took a snap, a screenshot of the TV so I could remember it in my phone for historic posterity. Um, so I thought Kenya's surprise appearance at the party, plus the shots of the audio, I thought it was extremely exciting and dramatic. Um, and it also seemed to kick off Nini's reaction and leading into the reunion. Um, how much do you take housewife opinions into account when you're thinking of who to invite back or not? And also, what's the likelihood we'll see Kenya with a full-time peach next season? Spoken like a housewife family. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Screen wrap for posterity. Jesus. That's yeah. I was there for the finale. I'm not always there, oh my God. Um, but I was there, and I was kind of, you know, off to the side. It was a tight little space and very crowded and very hot. And um, and I hear, you know, to my earpiece, Ken is here, and she's sitting in the release. And I thought, oh my God, you know. You just never know. That just tells you how unscripted things are. People will think, oh, the producers got her there, or she got paid to do that. No, she just came because she is supportive of Cynthia and Annie begged her to come, and she came. And it was really exciting. And I'm like texting the executives and Andy, like, no shit, can you see her? And we're all, our minds are exploding. Yeah, it was great. And it was my first thought is, oh, Nini's going to think that I mm -hmm. did this to her, you know, or that we planned this against her, which is not true at all. And nobody really planned that to hurt her. And um, I think Nini would admit that Kenya is good for the show. And um, I don't know, maybe there's a future there for them. We'll see. So we had a little break after that panel um, by having this like insights roundtable where the folks who are in charge of essentially framing what's shown on TV and researching um, viewer reactions and responses, we had this just really honest conversation. It was great. And, you know, shout out to all the people that were um, in my panel, um, you know, it, it just... Pet Shop Boy, everybody that was there. It was it was incredible. And it was also just really illuminating for me to hear other people's um, opinions about what we like seeing on TV. I mean, I felt like I have a kinship with Bravo Betch that will last a lifetime because it was just so interesting, even with like 10 people around a table, some people were like, I never want to hear politics. That's not, and other people were like, oh, you know, I, I do. And it was just so fascinating how we all individually enjoy and appreciate Bravo for everything it gives to us and also what our idea of escapism is. And you know that that's a conversation that I have in almost every episode is like what, especially with like new um AG co-hosts, like what defines the perfect Bravo show for you and what are you looking for? And that's different for everyone. And it was just so interesting to me because these are with like the influencers of influencers from across the country and listening to what they love and don't and what casting they love. It was just, I have to tell you, it was really, really cool. And I mean, this entire episode is, is me just like 
giving love to Bravo, which is sort of every episode of AG. Um, and it's sometimes it's constructive love. You know, love has different levels, different shades. Um, uh, love means never having to say you're sorry, but it does mean me accusing you of doing crazy shit. And I just want to say that was a really interesting moment too, just like listening to all of um, these people and all of us united by our love of all things Bravo. And um, we'll see how that influences Bravo programming. It was incredible. Um, after that, we had a little break. I grabbed a salad um, <laughs> that I could eat with my medical diet, shoved it down my gullet, and then we raced down to watch What Happens Live. They had a 90-minute reception that was so fucking chic and amazing. Um, Andy kikied with us. It was incredible. We were the only audience that night for Watch What Happens. And I went backstage. I got to hang out with the guys from um, the brothers from Mexican dynasties. Oh, my God. Um, Alan and Adon. Is that his name? I always get their names confused. And their dad was obviously there. It was incredible. They were hilarious. And I also went backstage and hung out with the ladies from Bravo Batch. It was just us and Lala and Ariana. And I had a couple questions for them. And they were as lovely as lovely could be. This was obviously before Fofty. Um, but it was a pretty crazy time. And here is what I asked them and what they had to say. Lala and Ariana, let's pump it up with pump rules. Here we go. Lala, you mentioned that Martin Scorsese was a fan of Vanderpump Rules. Did he, does he have thoughts on Jax? Is there like an... He did not give me any like specifics, but I was on set of Irishman and we were behind the monitor and he told me that he loves our show because his partner Emma who's a dear friend of mine got him into it that is so wild he told me I'm a big fan of you and I was like you're Martin Scorsese (laughs) (laughs) you're like wait can you say that again I know right I tried to play it cool you guys but I low-key freaked I low-key freaked I'm really bad about being like if I don't play it cool they're gonna think I'm a freak but then it's like I'm not, I'm not cool at all. Like, really. right? like, we're like the way I'm feeling of... is not cool at all. Can I feedback on that? That's yes. what I about meeting, like, from a <laughs> like, Yeah, I, like, met Stassi at, um, Oh my god, Sir, you I and so so <laughs> She's incredible. I couldn't find her. I lost yes. her. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> Oh my god. That's awesome. But I like that you got you got kinda got like the first one out of the way. Like with Sassy you kinda like got out of the way. It's like now like we're just like we're just straight down. Can I ask you a question about the show? Yes. So I rewatched this week's episode and was just fascinated by the evolution of your relationship with Kristen, which just the fact that you guys were in the same room with each other and mm-hmm. that she was seemingly calm and normal and you guys were affectionate with each other. Yeah. It just feels like anything. There was no tequila Katie. There was no tequila Katie happening. Yeah. Um, how are you surprised that you could now potentially consider her a friend after everything it's, you guys have been it's through? It's been a slow burn over the last, like, two years. I think the first time that we really hung out together was sometime in, like, 2017. Oh, my God. And it just never really made its way onto the show. But, um, you know, there's been things that were filmed that just somehow didn't make it in there. But it's been an, a slow evolution of a friendship. But I'm glad that people are finally seeing 
what's been going on the last couple of years. And I think that was the only time, the first time that me and Kristen had actually gone and hung out, like just by ourselves was Mm -hmm. that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's crazy. I feel like even two, three years ago when I wasn't friends with her and I wasn't friends with Stassi, me and Katie were kind of like touch and go. Yeah. I always felt like all three of them, when they're by themselves, are cool. And then it was like when they would get together is when things would just get like, wow, this is not Yeah. So I always kind of felt like that about them. But then I think that's what maybe helped create like these individual friendships. As opposed to like when we're all in a group, people kind of fall into these roles a little bit. Totally. Yeah. But it's great. I'm so glad it's on the show now. Yeah, I'm glad that, I mean, there's something to be said. Certainly, Lala, you've shown this quite a bit. The embracing of like feminism, women rule the world, girl power. And to see you guys after everything that you've been through have fun with each other. It's yeah. not something that I would have necessarily... No, we, we, we were just it. talking about that. Yeah. And we think you're, like, a great, like, example of woman empowerment. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, the whole baby question we get asked all the time, I've been with my fiancé for 10 years. We get that question asked all the time. I don't have any Yeah. When you said that, I took a bullet in my mouth. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, she oh, like, like bowed down to you. She like texted it to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> this is how I feel. I love that. Just watch yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> Stop asking me. I just think it's so wild that, like, my parents, oh, well, my dad's dead, but, like, my mom, my grandma, like, no one in my family has ever asked me about that, ever. They don't care. It's not important to them. So I don't understand why it's important to strangers. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, people who are on the internet or, like, people who work at, like, our production company, like, it's just weird. I'm like, why are you guys asking this when my mother doesn't ask me? It's crazy. Yeah. And if this episode couldn't get any crazier, I have a little amuse-bouche, a little first taste of what I hope will be several conversations to come with the amazing Margaret Josephs from RHONJ. I kikied with Margaret at an event she hosted at the Moxie Times Square um, this past week. She was incredible. It was an event, um, part of their like celebrity game night, which they do pretty frequently. So go to their social media to find out more information. They've had several amazing top tier Bravo celebrities um, with more to come. So shout out to the Moxie Times Square for um, arranging this little kiki. Just a little warning. It was a loud bar area. So I was so thrilled to talk to Margaret, but the audio is not at its um, new audio levels of joy. Um, so fair warning, audio is not great, but the I hope the content will be. Um, thank you to Margaret, to the team at the Moxie, to Pet Shop Boy, the night's co-host. Um, it was really, really fun. It was essentially a game night and it was the celebrity guess who, but it was all Real Housewives. So Ryan Houlihan and I um, just went to battle. And two of my guests, you know, like the thing at the beginning of the board when it like shows who your person is. In one round, I had Bethany and another round, I had Shanna Bador. So obviously I was meant to be there because these are two of my faves of all time because uh, they are the best of all time. Um, so anyway, here's my conversation with Margaret. I hope you guys enjoy the content. Can I just talk about how bad the audio is? That's really great um, strategy. Um, but again, it was like a loud space, but I really wanted to deliver for you guys because I know that you would appreciate it. Um, and I hope you have as much fun, fun listening as I had 
um, talking about how terrible Danielle is with Marco Josephs. Okay, enjoy. Me too. I'm so excited to talk to you. So I have several questions for you. First off, I have to tell you, your husband's in the pool is Roswell, Smithsonian, historic, phenomenal. Did that just come to you in the moment? I mean, it was directional. No, it, was, it came in the moment. Danielle was walking out. Mari, she's in the pool. I was like, she's like, where's my husband? I was like, your husband's in the pool. Because that's where, I didn't even know they heard that. Personally, I was just, Joe and I were just like storming out. I have to tell you, since the second you drink the show, it has been like a breath of fresh air. It's been like an entire week franchise. For viewers of the show and diehards of the Rock Outside franchise, I mean, you are one of those people like Drake and Emily in New York and Erica James Beverly Hills, where you add so much spirit and energy. Oh, thank you. Bring bugs straight next time. 
So I was very happy. She loved the luggage. I was like, great, we're going to send her some for her and Brain. I was like, oh, do you own anything of um, Sonia Morgan? Okay. Okay. No, I don't own anything. But maybe I need something with the family crest. I, I have to get you it. You need something with the luggage. She is an international fashion. <laughs> she is. She's a lifetime. I mean, I was. I am obsessed with Sonia. I find her extremely oh, okay. interesting. What's your favorite show to watch? Do you watch I watch New York. I actually do. I'm catching up on Twitter and Dance Watch. I mean, the last thing I said, the Morgan letters! Don't touch the Morgan letters! I mean, that? I was like, don't what's going on? Do you and Teresa need to do Spin the Boat Church? Yes. You'll stay in the fish room somewhere. I love that fucking fish room. Anybody fish about that? Her house is magnificent. It's a Joe and I say, we've been up there before. It's one of my like top two favorite homes I've ever been It is magnificent. TV does not do it justice. Anybody complaining that they haven't seen the fish room, that's it. Every room is perfectly appointed and balanced. How can anybody bitch about that? What is a free room and you're with your friends? So who's having me on Dorinda East Land? Oh, Dorinda. And I, listen, I went to the Wayne's Cabaret. I'm very supportive. But to complain about the room you're staying in, that's just bad news. So one last question for you. Thinking about Jersey and housewives that are coming on, who would you rather have rejoin the cast full time? Ziggy, Jacqueline, or Caroline? Do you think it's going to happen? Um... She, I don't think it's going to happen, but if it could happen, that's who I'd like to come. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see Andy's girls. I can't wait to listen to it. Oh my God, I love thank you so much. Thank you so much. After that, back to chilling with um, Andrew Cohen, a man you may have heard of. And he gave a little shout out to Andy's girls, which is what kicked off this week's episode. Um, And guys, as I wrap this week's Certified Bravoholic special, you guys, I'm sharing my membership card with all of you. I feel like we need to close it on that again because it was incredible. Um, you need to see the video of it. Head over to my Instagram page at Dame Galley. Guys, um, my London friends, I'm going to do the first ever um, Bravo listener kiki. It's an hour long in London, May 12th from 7 to 8 o'clock to RSVP email Andy's Girls Show at gmail.com. That is Andy's Girls Show at gmail.com. The location will be sent to you upon RSVP. So RSVP today, you guys, it's going to be Sunday, May 12th in London. That's right. My first ever official AG fan Kiki is happening in London town. Um, so head over to my the AG Gmail and email to RSVP or welcome to bring your friends. It's just going to be a very chill Kiki. Have a drink. Have a seltzer. We'll see how my neurosymptoms do. I might have water. Don't be insulted. I'll pretend that I'm Jesus and turn it into wine in my head. Um, so to RSVP for that May 12th at seven o'clock, which I think in um, British people is like 1900, which makes me feel like I'm in the AG army, but it's like different p.m. and a.m. and stuff. I don't know, you guys. I'm a genius. So email to RSVP. You are welcome to bring friends, lovers, tall, um, um, bearded, straight men, um, and give them to me as um, a donation to, I don't know, as like as like sacrifice. No, that's not the right word to use. Um, you know, just like bring whoever. It's going to be super fun. Um, so that's from 7 to 8 o'clock 
Um, so put that into British time in your um, Google Cal or whatever uh, on May 12th. Can I just say Sunday, May 12th, six or 700 or 800 more times? Guys, this was such a fun episode. Shout out to Ryan Houlihan who helped me with the audio. I know that you guys are going to be super cool and are going to love it. Shout out to Margaret Josephs, to, um, you know, Cameron, Austin, everyone at Bravo, Darren Carp. Dorinda, Sonia, Giselle, Steve, Captain Lee, um, all of those amazing executive producers, Lala, Ariana, and Andy Cohen himself. Um, guys, it was such a blast. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And I can't wait to kiki with you again soon. Cheerio is what I'm going to say because I am now British. Okay, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. You're listening to Andy's Girls. I'm Andy. These are my girls. I'm a girl. I'm a girl. I'm kind of a girl, too.